Hey, it's great to be with you this morning, and it's great to have our teens back. Teens, did you have a good time at NYC? All right. Hey, you know what? They, there were like 20 or so teens that went, and so that wasn't too bad. Um, but I just want to say it's great to be together. Here, Bobby, we grab this. Um, and I want to say something, NYC, um, if you don't know what that is, if you've missed the last few weeks or months, um, NYC is a huge trip that the teens go on, it, it's every four years, I think it's three years this time, but I just want to say something really quick, I want to say that we are blessed as a church to have some awesome people uh, that work here and serve here. Do, do you agree with that? I am so thankful for our team. And I'm, I was just thinking about NYC and, and the impact that I think it had on all of the students that went. And I was just thinking about um, Pastor Jay that was here. Uh, pastor Jay was our former youth pastor and the investment that he made into our teens uh, um, to, to get teens and excited about going. And, and then Jay, you know, took a job and moved to a different church. But I got to say, we are incredibly blessed to have another amazing youth pastor in Pastor Grace and her leadership. And, and so I just want to say that, that we, I mean, we have it really good here. I have it really good to get to work with such a great team. Uh, so on that note, I want to give you some news, okay? Now, this may not be the, your favorite news that you've ever heard. Some of you may have already heard this. Some of you may have known this. This isn't new to us or to me, but I want you to know. So next week, we're hosting District Assembly. And um, one of the things that we do at District Assembly is we recognize ministers who are retiring. So we have Pastor Deb over here. Go ahead and wave at everyone. Pastor Deb, who's been serving at this church for over 22 years. It's pretty amazing. And I want you to know that she's not like leaving today, but this next week at District Assembly, which is hosted here, they're going to be recognizing her retirement because she has come to the place in her journey for some crazy reason that she wants to retire and move to Florida. And so they're going to be recognized. I didn't want you guys, if any of you came to District Assembly, I didn't want any of you to come and hear that Pastor Deb's retiring and hear it then for the first time. I want you to know we've known this for a while. They've been planning on it. We've been planning on it. There's a plan in place. Um, but I just want to say congratulations to Pastor Deb. She's going to be here for a while. She's not leaving right now, but because the district assembly is in the summer, if they don't recognize it this summer, then it would be a whole another year before they recognized it, so we just decided this was the time to recognize it. She'll still be with us. I think it depends on how nice you are to her is how long she'll stay. <laughs> so just be really nice. How about that? But, but seriously, I want to say congratulations to Pastor Deb. Huge blessing to get to work together. I don't know if you guys know this, but six years ago, uh, when, when you guys asked me to be your pastor, I said, there's no way I'm doing that if Deb isn't here. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not leaving <laughs> because she's leaving. But I'm thankful uh, for, for the ministry that she has. So I just wanted to say today, we are blessed. I wanted you to know that little piece of news. Uh, not easy news, but, but it's good news. Uh, and, and congratulations, Pastor Deb. We're moving on to week three of our More Like Jesus series. 
So we're talking about holiness, or what we in the Church of the Nazarene would call entire sanctification. So Church of the Nazarene is a holiness denomination. There are some denominations that wouldn't consider themselves holiness denominations, and, and there are some that do. We are a holiness denomination. What we believe when we talk about holiness is that we can be freed from the will to sin. So we're all born with this original sin or this depravity. Just about all Christians believe that, that all of us were born with this selfish, sinful nature. But, but we believe here at this church and in the Church of the Nazarene that you can be freed of that. We talked about this last week. And so we're a holiness denomination. Over the last two weeks, we've talked about two parts of holiness, and, and this is a five-week series where my hope is that you get this full picture of what holiness is. So week one, the last two weeks, we were in Romans 6 and 8, and week one, we talked about the, the simple fact that holiness is being transformed into the image of Christ. It's, it's simply being transformed simply. That's not simple, is it? You guys know that's not simple but it's being transformed in the image of Christ. And then last week, we talked about this issue of, of sin and that we believe, and Scripture tells us, that we can be freed from the will to sin. This week, I want to continue. I want to talk about something that's pretty important. See, I think there's something that people misunderstand or get hung up on when we talk about holiness or another word for it is entire sanctification, you may have heard it called before Christian perfection. And I think a stumbling block to some people is that they hear the word entire or they hear the word perfection and they think that when we're talking about holiness, we're talking about coming to a point where we have arrived and there is no more growth from here and we've made it. We've been perfected. I want to be very clear today that holiness is not coming to a place where you've achieved everything spiritually you're going to achieve. Holiness is about continuing to grow in the image of Christ. And we do believe that there is this, as we talked about last week, this, this second moment, this second work of grace, where, where we can be delivered from our original sin or our depravity. But that doesn't mean that you have arrived at your destination, that you are a finished product. I heard a message this week, so it's kind of funny, because last week in my message I talked about other denominations that believe this or that, and then I was listening. I like to listen to all different uh, pastors from all different denominations, and I was listening to one, and, and he kind of did the same thing. He said, you know, there are some people that believe that you can become perfected in Christ. And, and there's a stumbling block, because when we hear the words perfection or entire, we think boom, that's it. But I want you to know that that's, that's not what's happening. There is this deliverance from the will to sin, but we are to continually grow. Listen to what the manual says. This is Article of Faith 10. We're, we're building. We've done the first two paragraphs. This is the third. It says, we believe that there is a marked distinction between a pure heart and a mature character. The former, a pure heart, is obtained in an instant the result of entire sanctification. The latter, mature character, is the result of growth in grace. We believe that the grace of entire sanctification includes the divine impulse to grow in grace as a Christ-like disciple. So let's, let's translate all this. What is this saying? 
It's basically saying that you, there's the initial moment of salvation, initial sanctification, um, new life in Christ, but we believe there's this second moment where you experience entire sanctification and you are freed from the will or bondage to sin. However, that would be the pure heart moment. We believe that there is a continued work of grace that's moved by God, that's done by God to grow our character and our maturity. And so I want to emphasize that again. This is a divine impulse to grow in grace. So this is God's work in us. So some of you, maybe you've come to this, maybe some of you haven't even come to the moment of salvation, but, but maybe some of you in here have come to the moment of salvation and you've said, Lord, forgive me for my sins, and we believe that you're forgiven for your sins, but there's this, still this issue of depravity or selfishness or sinfulness. And then there's this second moment, and maybe some of you have come to this second moment where, where you've said, you know, I'm fully surrendered, I'm fully committed, everything is yours, and, and God has transformed you and taken away that will to sin. There's a continued work of grace for you to grow. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 3 today. So this is Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. Would you stand with me? We're going to look at 3, 10 through 14. And I think this really does a good job explaining to us the idea that there's purity and then there's continued growth to maturity. So here it is. Uh, we stand because we believe that, that God wants to speak today. So my prayer is that God speaks through his word to you. Uh, verse 10. I want to know Christ... Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And Paul says, not that I've already obtained this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Praise God, you can have a seat. So I just want to point out something that, that what Paul's saying here is that his goal is to know Christ fully, to participate in his sufferings, and then participate in resurrection, to really take hold of Christ. And Paul says, I haven't reached my goal yet. Now, let's think about something that might be kind of mind-blowing to you. This is Paul writing scripture. <laughs> he is writing part of the Bible. The, the Holy Spirit's working in him to inspire him to write the word of God. So here we are thousands of years later, and we're reading these words that Paul's writing, and while he's writing them, so he's, he's in a pretty good place, right? A pretty good place of leadership, pretty good place of maturity, but he says, I haven't reached it yet. I haven't attained the goal. Now, I just want to clarify something. Uh, I've heard a lot of, I've read some things, and I've heard messages where people used this scripture to say that Paul was not past sin. 
that he had not been freed from sin, and this is proof because he says, I haven't arrived at my goal, I haven't grabbed hold of it. And so, so some things I've read have said, that means that we can't be holy because Paul's admitting that he wasn't holy, he hadn't dealt with that sin. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 3, 4 through 9. So this is directly preceding this. He says, if, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. That's pretty bold, pretty, you know, strong. He's basically saying, any of you that think you have a great resume, any of you that think that you're doing a good job spiritually, I got you beat. All right, that doesn't sound too, you know, humble, but, but listen to what he says. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I'm of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, so what that means, a Pharisee is somebody who knows the law through and through and lives by every little detail of it. So he says, not only was I, you know, followed the rules my whole, had I followed the rules my whole life, not only am I a Hebrew of Hebrews, I've got the lineage, I've got all of it. He says, I know the law and I've followed it. And then he says, in re, uh, for, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. So what he's saying is, I know the law, and I've lived by the law, and if you think you're doing a really good job, you got nothing on me. That's his resume. Pretty good. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, so not having a righteousness based on this resume, um, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to resurrection from the dead. So what is Paul saying here? He's not saying that he hasn't gotten past sin. Paul is saying that there's something so much bigger than having a clean resume. He says, listen, I've, I've done everything I need to do. I know the law back and forth. I've lived it. I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. But I consider all that nothing, all of that, he, he goes a lot further and says, garbage compared to knowing Christ Jesus. And he not only says knowing him, he says, I want to know him fully. I want to know his suffering. I want, to, I want to participate in his suffering. I want to participate in resurrection. And so that's the context. He's saying, I want to fully know Christ. And that's the context into which we see verse 12. Not that I've already attained all this, obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal. Paul, who is writing scripture, says, I haven't made it yet. So here is an important truth that you need to know. As a follower of Christ, you never stop growing. You never stop growing. I don't care how many years you've spent in the church, I don't care how many times you've been to Sunday school or connection group, or how much of the Bible you have memorized, or what your spiritual resume is, you never stop growing as a Christian. In fact, I, I would take that a step further and say that if you're not growing 
then you're probably stagnating and you're probably moving away from Christ. Paul, who is writing Scripture, says, I need to continue to grow. We have room for growth. Do you have some room for growth? Let me tell you a couple ways that I feel like I've been growing and a couple ways, maybe a way that I need to grow. I need to grow in patience. I I really do. I've grown a lot in patience, by the way, but I need to keep growing. So uh, this week, Megan and I have really wanted to play some games with the kids. And so we got all six of us at the kitchen table to play dominoes together. How many of you like dominoes? Anyone? All right, so we thought we would teach the kids dominoes. We thought it was a good idea. We all sit at the table. We get all these loud dominoes out. We put them together. We're getting ready to play. And all of a sudden, do you know what happens when you put four kids and their parents at a table together? All of a sudden, it's like a license for our kids to make as many sounds as they possibly can. They're singing random songs. They're just making noise just to make noise. One of my kids is eating, and it sounds like a horse in a stable just chomping on his food. And if if you don't know me, that drives me insane. And i got to be honest with you, there, there was a lot inside of me that just wanted to flip the table and go back upstairs. I wasn't feeling too well. You know what? I've got a long way to go in growing in patience. I also can tell you that 10, 15 years ago, I I might have left the room and done that, but I've been growing. Another way that I feel like I've, I've matured my faith, I'm not sharing this for anything other than just to tell you that I am not perfect and I'm continuing to grow. You know, when COVID hit, it was a real big challenge in the church. And one of the really unique things that happened was when everybody had to stay home and we showed up with like 10 of us and did this together with 10 of us. And so I would be one of the only ones. There would be a few camera operators and the worship team would come up here. And can I just confess to you that for 30 some years of my life, I was a sold out Christian. I loved God with my whole heart, but maybe I wasn't the best at worshiping. Maybe sometimes I'd just come into worship and put my hands in my pockets and go through the motions. And I wasn't really good at expressing my love to God. And all of a sudden, this, this cool thing happened. When nobody was in here and I was one of the only ones out there in the seats, it was like this world opened up to me. And all of a sudden, as they're singing up here, I'm just praying out loud. That's not comfortable for me, but all of a sudden I'm praying out loud and all of a sudden my hands are up and I'm I'm singing and I'm crying and that's nothing new. (laughs) But, But there was this maturing process that I needed and that I continue to need in my life that, that I realized that I shouldn't let the things around me or the people around me hinder me from really coming into the presence of God and worshiping with my full heart. It wasn't that I was sinful. It wasn't that sin had a hold on me. It's that I needed to mature and grow. And and just, you know, for honesty's sake, I've got a long way to go still. We all do. We are all called to grow, and we have to keep growing. Because like I said, if you stop growing, you don't stay in the same place. You stagnate. You move away. So Paul says, I haven't figured it out, I haven't attained it, I haven't arrived at my goal, so what does he do? He says, I press on, say that with me, press on. 
Press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Say it again, press on. I press on. So, so I want you to hear this again. We said this earlier. It's God's power that transforms us. But what Paul's saying here is we have a part in it. God transforms us. We, we read this earlier. There's a divine impulse. God is drawing us to him. And God's spirit is what's transforming our hearts to be more holy and Christ-like. But we have a job in it. We have to press on. And growth... Maturity happens when we press on in our faith. Say it with me one more time. Press on. We are called to press on and grow. That word there um, is dioko. And the word there, it, it means to chase after, to pursue. It's this idea that I'm, I'm actively chasing after something. So just think about this morning, you came to church and there's a lot going on. And maybe you came in this morning and... and you know, your mind was preoccupied and you sit down and maybe even we're singing and you're standing there and, and you got your mind in a million different places. Listen, Paul says, I haven't reached my goal, so I have to press on to take hold of that which Christ has took hold of me. So God's power transforms us, but we have to press on. What does that look like? What does it look like for us to press on well, you know what it means? It means we've got to focus on him. It means we've got to tune out distractions and we've got to worship him. It means we've got to spend time with Jesus. I, I, this is a huge theme for us over this next year. You know what the most important thing is? Spending time with Jesus. If you want to grow in your faith, you don't need to, you can. It's a good thing to watch other mature Christians and, and and follow them, but the biggest thing you need is to know him and spend time with him. And so there's, there's reading his word. You know God speaks to us through his word? There's worship. I want to let you in on a little secret. This thing that we do once a week, this isn't all that there is to worship. This is when we come together to worship as the body of Christ. But you have the opportunity to worship every single day. Worship, press on to take hold of that for which Christ has took hold of you. Press on. There's prayer. There's accountability. Once again, let me say it again. It's God's power that calls us. It's God's power that transforms us. But we have to press on. And so Paul says, I haven't made it yet, and so I press on. He says it again, I haven't taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I, this is an important part I want us to focus on a little bit here. One thing I do is forgetting what's behind and straining toward what's ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We press on by keeping our focus to stay on growing in Christ. So I want to focus in on those words, forgetting what's behind and straining towards what's before, what's ahead. I, I want to talk to our NYCers for a second. You guys had a great trip, didn't you? Give me another woo if you had a great trip. All right, that's very convincing. Very convincing. You guys convinced? All right, let's try it again. Come on, I know you can do better than that. Give me a good woo. 
There we go. And, uh, and I know more than five of them went, so some aren't participating. But listen, I, I know, I saw it on social media, I've heard the testimonies that, that God did amazing things in our teens at NYC. 10,000 students worship. I remember when I was uh, in... In 1999, I went to NYC in Toronto. In 2003, I went to NYC in St. Louis. Incredible, surrounded by people worshiping. Praise God. Let me talk to you NYCers. That can't be the end of it. That can't be the end of it. We don't look back to continue to grow in our faith. We press on towards Christ. And, and here's the craziest thing about NYC is the power of NYC, I just read this this morning from someone that posted it on Facebook, the power of NYC had nothing to do with Tampa Bay, it had nothing to do with the arena you were in, it had nothing to do with 10,000 people surrounding you. The power of NYC is the presence of God and your worship and surrender. And so I wanna talk to our teens don't let that be the end of it. You know what's crazy is that you might not be surrounded by 10,000 teens, and you not, may not have the coolest music you've ever heard, and you may not have the greatest lights, but listen, the same spirit that was there is here this morning. And we are called to press on. Teens, if you keep focused on NYC and forget to press on, you won't grow. And you'll go like this, you'll go NYC was great and then you'll have this major dip and you'll take a big step back and then maybe you have a great camp and then that's not how we're supposed to live. Paul says, I press on. All right, now I've talked to the teens, let me talk to the rest of you. I hear a lot in the church about the good old days. I hear a lot about the days when people ran the aisles and waved hankies and the days that the spirit was so alive. Guys, Praise God for NYC and praise God for the good old days. But can I tell you that if we get ourselves caught focusing backwards and we don't press on today to worship and know him more, we won't grow. So the same way I said to the teens, I want to say to the rest of you, the same spirit that was here in the good old days, the same spirit that had people running the aisles and waving hankies is here today. And we are called to press on. So let's talk about press on because the truth is it's easier to worship when there's 10,000 teens surrounding you or when we're singing the kind of music you like or when everything lines up perfect, it's easier. But that's not always gonna happen. And if we want to continue to grow to become more like Christ, sometimes we have to press on towards him. Press on towards Jesus. That brings us to a really important part of the passage. So we are called to press on to know him more, to be transformed. But, but I want to say this as we talk about holiness. Paul gives us a really good example here. Because he lists the resume, he, he says, I, I've gotten it all right before. I've got a pretty clean resume. You can look at my resume, it's great. You can't match up to it. You know, boo-hoo, cry about it, whatever. But he says, I consider that nothing compared to one thing, knowing Christ 
Can I just say this as a Nazarene pastor? I, our church is a holiness church. We believe fully in entire sanctification that we are called to holiness. I believe God's will for each and every one of us is to live holy lives. But can I tell you that the goal should not be to build a perfect resume? Your goal should be to press on in Christ Jesus. Our first goal should be to know him and grow in our relationship with him every single day. We press on. So Megan and I got back from Cancun a couple weeks ago. It's a really great trip. You know why it was a great trip? No offense to my children that might be in the room. It was a great trip because Megan and I went without the kids. <laughs> right? Listen, I know not everyone in here is married, but if you're married, you'll understand this. Sometimes you just need to be together. And, and the beach was great, and the pools were fine, and the food was good, and, you know, whatever parasite I brought back with me is not so great. <laughs> but you know what was really awesome? was spending time with my wife, who I've been married to for over 18 years. And we needed some time away. But can I tell you that just big moments and special trips aren't enough? Because if we're gonna continue to grow in our marriage, and listen, we have a great marriage, I love you, Megan, you're awesome. But if we're going to continue to grow in our marriage, it's not about just going on great trips or saying the right things or not forgetting each other's anniversary or birthdays. <laughs> Sorry. It's not just having a perfect resume. You guys know this. You can have a marriage that you say all the right things and do all the right things, but there's an emptiness because you don't really spend time together and know each other. And so I loved Cancun. It was a great week of spending time with Megan. But that can't be it. We can't always look back at that week. We have the opportunity every day as we raise kids and as we do life together to spend time with each other. The same thing's true in your relationship with Christ. It's not enough to look back at NYC or the good old days or the worship nights. It's not enough to live off just big moments. Paul says, I press on to know Christ. Say it with me one more time, press on. Today, you are called to press on. The most important thing you can do today is not seek a perfect resume, it's to press on towards Christ, to know him more. And here's the best news of all, you know sometimes, sometimes Megan and I will wanna hang out with each other, or I'll wanna hang out with her and I'll go up and say, hey, do you wanna hang out? And she'll be like, no, I wanna watch this Netflix movie that's the same as the other 100 Netflix movies <laughs> I've watched this last year. And sometimes she comes and says, do you wanna hang out with me? And I say, ah, oh, there's this game on. And sometimes we're not great about that. Can I just tell you the really good news today that you will never press on towards Christ and find that Christ is not right there ready to show you his grace and his love. Today, we press on in holiness, entire sanctification, maturity, growth is a byproduct of knowing Christ more and being more obedient to him. And so you are called to grow. None of you have made it. There is not a person in this room who's reached a place that you don't need to worship today, that you don't need to seek him. How are we going to seek him? We're gonna press on. Worship team, come on up.
Listen, if you're going to continue to grow and not stagnate and move backwards, you have to press on today. And maybe there's been some distractions today, and maybe, you know, maybe there are things that are vying for your attention. Stand with me. Today, the same spirit, the same God that was at Tampa Bay with 10,000 teeds, and the same God that parted the Red Seas, and the same God that was there with Paul as he was writing his word, and the same God that was there in the good old days of the church, the same God is here today. And today, he's drawing you to him. Press on. Tune out the distractions. I want to pray, and and as we sing this last song, I just want to invite you to respond to his word. The reason we respond, that's pressing on to him. And so respond in whatever way you want. These altars are open. Maybe today you just need to come to an altar and say, Lord, I want more of you. I want to continue to know you deeper. Maybe today there's something in your life that you just need to lay down. Respond. Don't stand there with your hands in your pocket and be content with what happened in the past. Press on towards Christ. Father, I pray that we would respond to your word today and I pray that you would continue to transform us, Lord. We give you everything we have. Help each and every one of us right now to focus on you, to give you everything. We respond to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, feel free to come and pray. Pray where you're at.